0: This is Steve this podcast is all about making the gospel relevant to your life that means discovering the good news of Jesus no matter what you're going through today it's the holiday season and the hustle and the bustle have arrived we're gonna take one more look at the life of Elijah and we're gonna learn today one more thing but it may not be a good thing we're gonna learn how to burn out this Christmas directly from Elijah so Elijah had just defeated the prophets of Baal you know we just been studying this a few weeks ago took a week or so off and we got to remember we he just defeated these prophets with the great fire challenge remember the great fire challenge you know you build your altar and see if your God can light it on fire I'll build my altar and you know how it went the Baal prophets they lost big time and Elijah won he experienced this incredible victory this incredible miracle cementing him as the most renowned prophet that the Jewish people have ever had not only that but after they slaughtered all the bad evil prophets of the Baals Elijah prayed and when he prayed After three and a half long years, the rain finally came. I mean, this guy had some incredible victory in his life. He is the most powerful, the most notable prophet now in all of Jewish history. But then, the very next part of the story, we find him just a few verses later, scared, running for his life, and this is his prayer, In verse four of chapter 19, he says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Yeah, take my life and me now. I can't deal with this any longer. I can't handle it anymore. Stop it and me now. I'm ready to die because I'm done. I'm cooked. How in the world Could this incredible man of God go from such victory to such defeat how could he go from such effectiveness to being such a loser I mean how could he have this amazing drop in such an immediate period of time how could he be defeated so fast how could he have this incredible mood swing to go from one to the other he's running for his life he's scared and he's ready to die We've already learned a lot from this prophet over the previous three weeks that we've studied him, and today, today, we're going to learn one more thing from Elijah. Today, we're going to look at this story, and we're going to see how to burn out this holiday season. All right, so if you really want to know how to burn out, I hope you'll be taking notes, writing it down, because Elijah has a lot to show us about how to burn out. So let's start the story at the beginning of the chapter. The whole victory has just been won with the fire and the rain. And now King Ahab, evil King Ahab, goes back home, and he tells his wife about it. Let's pick up the story in verse one. When Ahab got back home, now, his home is Jezreel, That's the capital of the northern kingdom, Israel. He gets back home and uh, right after the showdown, and he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. Jezebel. remember Jezebel? Jezebel is the evil queen, right? Her name means mistress of Baal. So she's Baal's mit- mistress, married to Ahab. She's evil. She has been the one. She was the one that oversaw the murder of hundreds of prophets of Yahweh because she wanted to take control of the narrative. So she made sure to shut up all the prophets of Yahweh so that they could talk about the pro- the uh, they could talk about Baal and the Asherahs. So she's evil. She's killed hundreds of these Yahweh prophets and she apparently wore the pants in the family you know because ahab goes home with his tail tucked between his legs and he tells mama on what elijah had just done and so jezebel takes matters into her own hands she's kind of been in the background of this story but here she takes a bold step into the foreground she hears the story of what Elijah has just done in defeating the Baal and the Asherah prophets. And so she fires off a strongly worded email to Elijah. And so she sends him, literally she sends him a message and here's what she says in her strongly worded letter. Verse two, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them even though her god, the one that she serves, has just been proven by Elijah to have no power whatsoever, even though they've just been shown to have nothing on their side, she fires off this letter, and Elijah reverses roles, and he goes running, running scared. He's hiding out worried about her. He's been on top, and now all of a sudden comes the crash. He's been on the top of his game. Everything has been going good, but suddenly something snaps, and he goes down. He burns out hard. You may know what it's like. I mean, some of you teenagers may or may not know what that's like yet, but you'll know what it's like. When you're running hard, you're working hard, you're, you're pushing and you're pushing and you're trying to get to your next deadline, trying to get to your next goal, trying to get to the next whatever, and all of a sudden, you come crashing down hard. You got this, you're on top of it all. You, you're juggling all the stuff, but all of a sudden, one day, the juggle just becomes too much. All of a sudden, one day, and usually it's something small. It's that straw that breaks the camel's back and you go crashing down hard and it hurts. The crash comes and you hold up. You isolate. You push everybody away and your family suffers. You suffer and everything seems to fall apart around you. The first thing we can learn from Elijah about how to burn out, hope you write this down in your notes, first blank is wear yourself out. Wear yourself out. Keep pushing and keep going with no break. Keep running hard and not stopping. So Elijah wore himself, can you relate to that? You know, I think about my good friend in the back of the room, Joyce Chadwick, who is right back there, she's computer jockeying right now for the third service. She's in charge of all the, yeah, you can you can applaud for her. She's, yeah, she uh, got here before I did this morning. I got here at seven, she was already here, all set up and ready to go. Already had uploaded all my notes and everything and uh, had everything all ready to go. And uh, like she will typically do, she's on for all three services today. And Sundays can be long days before one o'clock. You know, I mean, I'm tired at the end of a Sunday. I'm just glad to get out of here. You know, sometimes I get here at seven. Sometimes I'm the last one to leave and it just feels like a long, long day and I'm exhausted. So I know Joyce would normally be looking forward to the end of the last of three services. This one. But that's not all for Joyce today because as soon as this service is over next thing is that Joyce is in charge of this afternoon's elf camp it's the time that there's the training and the choreography for all the elves getting ready for breakfast with Santa so she's got to bring the dance moves she's got to bring the choreography she's got to bring the energy and the enthusiasm she's got to bring the party after all of the long morning is over and she's going to be exhausted. By the time she finally goes home today, sun's going to be going down. It's going to be late in the day. It'll be dark real soon, and if I'm in her shoes, I'm going to go home and crash, you know, and not wake up again until Thursday, right? But that's not all because tonight, Joyce is in charge of her life group Christmas party at her house, So there's that also on top of everything else today. Come on, let's have a round of applause for Joyce. Good grief. You know what it's like. You're just juggling everything and wearing, Joyce, I'm just tired looking at you back there. You're juggling everything and you're wearing yourself out. First step to burnout, Joyce Chadwick, is wearing yourself out. That's exactly what Elijah had done but let's look what happens next he's afraid verse 3 he's afraid and he's fleeing for his life and so he went to Beersheba a town in Judah and he left his servant there and he went on into the wilderness traveling all day so he went to Beersheba I want to show you the map so he was up here at Mount Carmel and then uh, he and Ahab both went back to Jezreel the capital city of the northern kingdom when when Elijah ran from uh, Jezebel he didn't just run as far south as he could in the kingdom of Israel he crossed into Judah and he ran as far south as he could and he went to the southernmost town in the nation of Judah the farthest he could possibly go and still be in his own broken homeland yeah he ran just as far as he could get and he leaves his servant there and uh dropped him off just dropped him off just like here you stay here i'm going to keep going his servant he just left him there this is the one guy that had his back the one guy that was with him through all of the stuff in zarephath The one guy that was with him and saw the the fire challenge happen. He's the one guy that was there when Elijah was praying, God send the rain, God send the rain. And he kept telling the servant, go out and check, go out and check. Remember, it's that guy. The guy that's one guy that's got his back, he leaves him off in Beersheba and he continues on his own. The second thing to do if you want to burn out this holiday season is shut people out. Keep them at arm's length. I got this. I don't need your help. I'm large and in charge. Okay, I'm in control here. I don't need any support from you, and keep people out. So what Elijah did. Look what he does next. Let's go back and look at that verse again. He went on into the wilderness, traveling all day, and then he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. And here's that prayer that we looked at earlier. I've had enough. Take my life, Lord. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. It's this prayer of misery, this prayer of suffering, this prayer of sorrow, and he's ready to die. Look at his prayer. Look, he's praying, look how awful everything is, God. I'm done. I can't handle it anymore. My life is over. Just take me now. He's praying about how terrible everything in his life is. Next thing we can learn from Elijah, if you want to burn out this holiday season, is this focus on the negative. Focus on the negative. Let your whole picture be how bad everything is and exclude everything else. So he's praying out there in the wilderness and he falls asleep praying to die. And it's at that time that God sends Elijah a messenger. What's the English word uh, from the Greek word for messenger? Angel. He sends him an angel. And Here's what happens in verse 5. It says, As he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. And Elijah looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. So first thing I want to notice is what the angel didn't do. The angel didn't preach one of those good old-fashioned condemnation sermons. Well, if you were more righteous, if you were more holy, if you had it together more, you could have handled all this pressure. But no, you're a sinner and you're evil, and so you broke when it was really important, and now look at you. He didn't preach. There's not a, no condemnation for Elijah at all. The angel comes and touches him on the shoulder. And he says, I know what you need, and I'm providing for you. You need to eat and rest. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to eat and rest. Listen to me, Joyce. Listen to me. Listen to me, parents. You know what it's like? The kids are always running around and making noise and making demands on you, they're always all over you and destroying everything. You can't get a break. The holidays are here, the family demands, you're in charge of making sure everybody gets fed, has a place to stay, you're buying all the stuff, you're making sure travel is good, you're doing all that junk. You know, the holiday parties and the presents and the you know tree and the decorations and all the everything, it's all coming down and you're juggling, you're on top of it all, you got it all going on but sometimes, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is eat and rest. I mean, it is actually a command in Scripture. It's one of the commandments. Remember the Sabbath day and make it what? Holy. So remember it, observe it, and make sure it's not yours, it's His. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This is an actual—I think it's the most disobeyed command in all of Scripture— because we type A Americans, we, we got too much to do to stop for a minute. Well, I got things to take care of. I got stuff to do, places to go, people to make happy. And so we don't do a really good job of obeying this. We are in disobedience when we are not observing the Sabbath and keeping it holy, making sure that we don't hold on to it for ourselves. We give it to him. It's his. And if we're not doing that, we're in disobedience against god am i right i mean that's why he told us god didn't just command us but he himself actually modeled this for us so if it's important to god don't you think it should be important to me and to you yeah so remember the sabbath Because God's, why does God give us this? He's given us the Sabbath because he's got something for you to do. You have a great work that he's created you for. I mean, he put you in that family on purpose. He knew what was going to happen in that family. He saw all of it before it ever happened, and he said, I got just just the one that will make the difference. And he put you there for that. Those kids needed a mama. They needed a daddy. And that's you. God put you there. Your neighbors need a light in their dark neighborhood. And that's you. He put you there. He's got a great work for you to do. But you and I, we tend to get so busy juggling all the things. We miss the forest for all of the trees. And we forget the good work that God has in store for us. We don't stop and eat and rest And so what happens is we become very ineffective at the great work we're called to, and all we get to do is juggle plates. That's all we're good at anymore. So the next thing we can learn from Elijah is, next blank on your page, forget what God wants to do. Forget his great purpose in your life. Forget that you are the dad. You are the dad that speaks for Jesus in your family. You are the mom that shines the light of Christ in your family. You are the sibling who is a blessed peacemaker in the family. We forget that you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Because we're so busy just juggling our plates. So, he goes back to sleep after the angel has come and said, eat and rest, and then look at what happens next. In verse 7, the angel of the Lord came again and touched him again and said, Get up and eat more, for the journey ahead is going to be too much for you. In other words, I got somewhere I want you to go. I'm sending you to it. You've been wandering, hiding in the desert, but I'm sending you somewhere, and it's going to be a long journey. So Elijah got up, and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to obey the angel and travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Mount Sinai, what's significant about Mount Sinai? Moses went up on the Mount Sinai himself, and what happened there? God spoke to Moses. God spoke on Mount Sinai and he gave Moses the law. He gave him the Ten Commandments. I got another map for you. Uh, Here's a map. So he uh, ran from Jezreel to Beersheba as far south as he could go, but then the angel sends him all the way down through this dry, hot, dude, I've been down here. I know what this is like. It is miserable, hot, desolate, it's the Negev Desert, and it is nothing but sandy, dry, hot, awful. Am I right, Joyce? You've been there. It's terrible. And uh, he goes all the way down to the famous Mount Sinai. I got a picture of Mount Sinai for you. It is both beautiful and terrifying. Today, you can go with a group of people, take a tour, hike you can you can hike the 7,000-foot, that's right, I said it, 7,000-foot elevation change from the base to the peak of Mount Sinai. It's huge, but I don't think I could do it. <laughs> um, they actually called this little section Elijah's Prayer Valley. They call it that now. So it's the mountain of God where Moses appeared, and they've named part of it after Elijah. This is kind of a holy mountain and the angel sends him there to what i mean it's the place where god speaks and the angel says i want you to go where god speaks i want you to go where god speaks if if you want to hear from god you've gotten away from god You've wandered into your own sorrow and self-pity. You've been out here throwing a pity party for yourself, and you can't hear from God anymore, and so you need to go where God speaks. Is that us? Do we get all caught up in our own little self kingdom, our own little plate, juggling, doing what we think we gotta do all the time, and all of a sudden we turn around and we don't realize it, but we are deaf to God anymore. Can't hear from Him so busy, so distracted, TV's on, YouTube is going, Facebook is scrolling, got too much stuff, don't like it to be quiet. And so we can't hear, we're deaf to God anymore. And he says, go back to where God speaks. I'm really proud of my son, Zachary. He and his wife are making some major life decisions, are going through a major life change job moving to a different state, all of that stuff. It's awful. God hates me sometimes, I think. My son's moving farther away. He lives three hours away now. Now he's going to be moving over 24 hours drive away. Yeah. Um, And so they're trying to be careful and they want to hear from God they don't want to make a mistake on this they want to make sure they follow God's plan for their lives and so they're you know praying about every decision they're seeking him right they're seeking him but they're in that stage of life they got littles running around running around all over the place and there's mess and there's screaming and there's noise there's drool and poop everywhere in their life and there, it's just that stage of life. And, and you know what happens. They, they're working all the time, literally six days a week. They get one day alone together at home as a family. And you, you know what day that is. What is it? Sunday. Sunday. And they've got into the same rut that his dad got into decades earlier. It's just crazy. We just need a sleep-in day. And they're laying out of church, not being where God speaks. And I'm really proud of my son because a little while back, he realized that here they are trying to make major life decisions, trying to follow God, and he looks at his wife, and he says, how can we expect to hear from God if our butts aren't in church? We need to get our butts back in church where we can get resensitized to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so they did. They got back involved in church, and man, is it making a difference. I can tell by talking to them. It makes a huge difference in their life. Man, you got to be where God speaks. That's exactly what Elijah needed. He needed to get back to where God speaks. And sure enough, he gets there. He spends another night asleep in a cave this time, and then a voice speaks. He hears the voice of God. And God says this in verse 9. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? He asks Elijah a question. Okay, time out. Does God not know? Of course he does. So then why does God ask Elijah the question? Susie said it. It's not that God needs to know, it's that Elijah needs to know. Sometimes, sometimes God wants you to verbalize what's going on in your life. Hey, we call that prayer. It's okay. You know, it's okay to be honest before God. Can I just tell you, I know some people are intimidated by the idea of prayer. You think you've got to say the right words To me, that sounds like kiss up the right way. God doesn't want you kissing up to him. That's not what he wants. He wants you to praise him. He wants you to praise him. He deserves our praise. But he doesn't want you to lie into him. He's not interested in that at all. I just want to encourage you. The best prayers are the most authentic, honest prayers. Don't be scared to tell God how you feel. And so here's God saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah's response is really interesting. He says, I have zealously served you, Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. That's what I'm doing here. I don't want to be the last victim of Jezebel's sword. They've killed all the other ones, and they've tried to erase all. I'm the last one, and now they're trying to kill me. Yeah, so, hmm. Notice what he says. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's look at what he says in a minute. Let's look at what happens next, and then we'll look at what he says. So in verse 11, God says, okay, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And so Elijah stood there, and the Lord passed by. This has happened before. When Moses was on that same mountain, he said, God, can I just see you? Can I just catch a glimpse of you? And God's like, No you better not because no one can see God and live right so he says you press into the rock here I'll pass by but you better not look and maybe as I'm going by you can kind of catch the glimpse of the back don't don't look don't make eye contact (laughs) uh so look at me from the back and so now here is Elijah on the same mountain and God passing by and look at this when the Lord passed by a mighty wind storm hit the mountain It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. It was even a bigger storm than that one that happened about 3 o'clock this morning. The wind was so strong, it it ripped the rocks off the side of the mountain. I bet Elijah felt like he was going to go flying right off that mountain. It was an incredible display of wind power. But look what it says, the Lord was not in the wind. Next, it says, after the wind, there was an earthquake An incredible display of earth power, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Another translation says a still, small voice. There's a few King James people in this crowd, okay? A gentle whisper, a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Listen, I know that sometimes your life feels like you're in a whirlwind, a windstorm. Sometimes it feels like everything is shaking apart in your life. Sometimes you can feel the flames on your face and you think you're about to get burned because things are so crazy. You're worried about your life and you don't know what to do and you just need to hear that still, small voice. I know we like to to pray, we like to ask God, we like to read books, we go to conferences and listen to sermons about God showing up and letting the fire fall and shaking the foundations. And God does that sometimes, he does. Elijah had seen it happen just a few verses earlier at that altar. Sometimes God works that way. But most of the time, God speaks in a quiet way gentle whisper you see I believe that God never feels the need to shout because he's God and he speaks in that I like the term still small voice he's not urgent he's not panicked he's still and he calls us to be still and know that he is God so he speaks to Elijah in this still small voice he speaks again after all of that commotion he speaks in a still small voice and here's what he says to him he asks the same question what are you doing here Elijah this is my mountain what are you doing here And not only does God ask the same question, but Elijah gives the exact same answer. Again, he replies, I've zealously served the Lord. Uh, Didn't we go over this? I've zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Listen, listen, listen. Elijah wasn't wrong he had all the facts down he was reciting the fact all the facts he says are true and things according to those facts look very very bleak for Elijah but isn't it interesting how we all have our own selective truth we all choose what facts to believe in and what fact to ignore. See, we think this is a new thing. We think it's a CNN versus Fox News thing. We think it's a liberal versus conservative thing. You know, we, we, we think it's, you know, modern. But here he is looking at certain facts and basing his decision, his emotion, his life at the moment on these certain facts. But let's think about all the other facts that he was leaving out as he was talking to God here's the same list I put up a couple of weeks ago of the things I mean this guy spoke a drought into existence because God told him to and he went he went to King Ahab and said you're worshiping the Baal the rain God let me show you who's in charge of the rain my God is going to dry up the rain no more rain he spoke that truth and a drought happened And then God took him down to that Kareth Brook where God did that work in his heart, discipling him, developing him, and every single day he had plenty of food to eat out in the wilderness because of God's own DoorDash service. The birds brought him red meat and bread every day. What the life! I mean, good grief! You're by the water, hanging out in the desert all alone, And birds are bringing you food, good food every day. That sounds pretty good to me. And then when the brook dries up, God moves him to Zarephath, where he does miracle after miracle, including raising a child from the dead, the first one in recorded biblical history. And then he spoke the word to his nation again. He called out evil Ahab and their pagan worship, and he said, Okay, it's time for the showdown. You either turn or God's going to turn you. And they wouldn't turn, so he said, okay. Let's call out all the prophets. And he faced down 850 of the evil prophets alone. And he won the victory. And then after getting rid of all them, this guy prayed. And when he prayed, the rain all of a sudden came again. So here's God fact after God fact after God fact. And he's chosen to base his reality on his own selective truth. And so now he's running and he's hiding. He's threatened by an evil queen who has no real power against the one who has done all this through him. And he's chosen to believe the own thing. He's reversed roles and he's running, scared, panicking, and ready to die. And it's when he gets to Sinai, that's when God says, what are you doing here Here's the way I'd say it if I was God. What are you doing here? What are you doing? You're a mighty powerful man of God. You are now the most powerful prophet that Israel has ever known will ever know. You've seen amazing victories time and time and time again. You alone faced down 850 prophets and you defeated them all. What are you doing here? What are you thinking, Elijah? Running out here in the desert and hiding from a queen who you proved has no real power. What are you doing here? Listen, when you wear yourself out, shut people out, focus on the negative, and forget what God is doing, you crash hard and you burn out. Elijah did just that, and he found himself in the desert alone with God. Listen to me. Listen to me. Are you learning from Elijah? Because I'm here to tell you today that you may be like Elijah and you've gotten all caught up in that self-talk. Everything seems to have gone sideways for a minute and you've withdrawn, you've stepped back and you've gotten in your own internal conversation and you've established your selected truth and you're basing your reality on that and now you think everything's going To hell in your life. And I'm here to say, listen, things are not as bad as you've convinced yourself that they are. You hear me? There is hope in your life despite what you've told yourself for the past weeks, for the past months, maybe the past years. Listen, you have the power to overcome. You hear me? Because as a Christian, by definition, you are an overcomer. God's not given you a spirit of timidity, of weakness, He's given you a spirit of power. Hello? And you are an overcomer. So look at your marriage. Listen, I know it may not feel like it this morning, but your spouse is a treasure to you from God. He's blessed you immensely with that person. And it gets easy to forget what a wonderful blessing that person is. And your marriage does not have to end. You hear me? Your marriage does not have to end. You can overcome this. Look at your physical life. That diagnosis you've been given does not mean this is your end. God's not finished with you yet. Your current financial situation does not define you. And your kids aren't going to hold it against you if Christmas is on the light side this year. You will overcome. Right? we get into our self-talk and we think it's all coming down and the world is ending. Everybody else is doing great and we're the ones falling apart. Just end it now, God. Take me off this world. I don't think I can make it another day. But it's time to change that inner conversation. It's time to have a different set of facts that you go back to. It's time to look at the truth of what your life really is because of who Christ is in you. Right? That's why we let God change and transform us by changing the way we think. Right, in 1 Corinthians, it says that we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Another translation says, We take every thought captive. We don't let our thoughts run away with us, but we take it captive and bring it under the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. So, God speaks to Elijah in that quiet whisper, and here is what he tells him to do next. In verse 15, the Lord says, Elijah, go back the way you came. Go back. You've come all the way south, all the way down here. Now go back, go back where you came from and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be the king of Aram and then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat from the town of Elijah, to replace you as my prophet. (laughs) In other words, I what are you doing here Elijah I'm not done with you yet remember I have a great purpose for your life and I've called you I've lovingly designed you to be a prophet to my people now go back and do what prophets do what are you doing here parent go back and do what parents do What are you doing here, spouse? Go back and do what spouses do. What are you doing here, hard worker? Go back and do what workers do. Now, on the surface, this may seem a little bit harsh. Oh, you came all the way down here to hear from me? Go back. You're tired. You're burned out. Get back to work. That's what it sounds like. But I'm here to tell you, when God speaks with his quiet whisper. It's actually so much better than the fire because when God speaks with that quiet whisper, he speaks purpose into your life. He speaks peace into your life. He empowers you with faith and confidence in him. He fills you with his Holy Spirit, right? And he equips you to do the great work that he's called you to do. His voice doesn't just express words, but it transforms you and gives you the strength to go back to the work that he's called you to do in the first place with a new reinvigorated strength, with a new vision and a new hope and a new desire to see God do what only he can do in and through you. You still have work to do stop talking to yourself and telling yourself how bad everything is But focus in on my purpose for your life God speaks restoration and healing to Elijah's heart and gives Elijah the grace and the strength to endure and fulfill his call and he'll do the same thing for you as well that's what God does with his gentle whisper so um Let him speak into your life. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Because I believe he speaks. But, dude, sometimes you got to turn off the YouTube. Sometimes you got to turn off the television. Sometimes you got to put your phone in focus mode or put it away and stop scrolling. Be still and know that he is God. Eat. And rest and incline your heart to hear his still small voice. Can you hear it? Because I believe he speaks all the time. And we're tuned right out. I believe he's speaking right now. I believe that he's speaking right now maybe to somebody in this room who's been far from him for far too long you've traveled far away from where he put you and you've gone way past the southernmost town and into the wilderness and now you're just kind of wandering and he's saying come home come back to me I love you yeah you're broken yeah there's facts that you can connect some dots and we can prove that you're a sinner and that you're a traitor against me and we can prove with the facts that you deserve punishment. But there's also a whole different set of facts and the fact is that God loves you and he sent his son Jesus to take your punishment in himself. He went to the cross and died for you, paying the price for your sin so that you could experience life in him. Would you give your life? He's saying, come home, give your life to me. Stop roaming and wandering. Stop juggling all the plates and instead eat, rest, and learn to trust me. Learn to hear my voice. Would you come home to him? Jesus himself said it really well in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I don't want to load you down. I want to free you up. I want to empower you. I want to make you new. So my challenge is, last blank on your page, rest in Him. Rest in Him. Trust Him. Give Him your life. Hear His voice. Stop being where God doesn't speak and put yourself in a position to hear from Him and trust Him.